Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 15. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We're coming for a landing today. We've been in John 15 for quite a while, so we'll probably finish up. We will finish up this morning. Chapter 15, we pick up in verse 18 of John's gospel. If you've been with us, you know that since chapter 13, uh, just show of hands, who's been with us since John 13? John 13. Okay, good. Then you know that since chapter 13, Jesus has been trying to comfort the disciples. In chapter 13, get your pen, get your pad, you're going to need it. In chapter 13, Jesus challenged them to serve one another and love one another. And then Jesus gave them an example by washing their feet. Chapter 13, verse 16. Can y'all keep up with me this morning? Chapter 13, look at verse 16. Chapter 13, verse 16. Jesus said to them, a servant is not greater than his what? Master, he goes on to tell them that he's going away and they can't come. Chapter 14, go there. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. In verse 1, believe in God. They should also believe in him. And look at verse 6 of the same chapter. He told them that he was, somebody tell me, the way, the truth, and the life. He said he was going, but that he would send another comforter. Remember I told you that word in the Greek language is alos, A-L-L-O-S, alos. It means another of the same kind, class, and caliber, even the spirit of truth. He said when the spirit comes, he's going to bring all things to remembrance, whatever Jesus said. Chapter 14, look at verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so we move to chapter 15. And in chapter 15, Jesus begins the vine and the branch discourse. Look at verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in a vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Look at verse 5. Jesus said, unless you abide in me, you can do a little bit of stuff. What do you say, saints? Nothing. In other words, just like a branch is dependent on the vine for life flow, so we're connected to Jesus for life flow, power and strength. Our ability to bear fruit is because we're connected to the vine, Jesus. And if we stay connected, we'll bear fruit, more fruit, verse 2, much fruit, verse 5. Again, chapter 13 through 14, 15, saints, watch this, verses 1 through 17, Jesus is comforting the disciples. So 13, 14, 15, verse 1 through 17, Jesus is comforting the disciples, giving them awesome, fantastic promises. But beginning in verse 18, listen, the tone and the tenor seems to change dramatically. Jesus has been talking about abiding and comfort and loving each other. But beginning in verse 18, 
He wants them to understand that there's a balance. There's a balance. Somebody say amen. And the balance is not everybody's going to love Jesus. Do y'all know that? Not everybody loves Jesus. I don't know why. But not everybody loves Jesus, and that's the balance. The balance is not everybody's going to accept this wonderful message of love and hope and life and joy in Jesus. And so this morning, Jesus tells them, even though we have all of these promises that we talked about from 13 through 15-ish, even though we have all of these blessings in this world, you're going to find yourself in the midst of hostility and rebellion. In this world, you're going to find that the world hates Christ. And you're going to find out that the world hates you with the same venom that it hated Christ. And that world will seek to kill you, just like it sought to kill Christ. That being said, I've titled this sermon, Love Each Other and Love Your Haters. Saints, we pick up in John chapter 15 in verse 17. Look at verse 17. If you're looking at verse 17, say amen. Well, these things Jesus said in verse 17, I command you that you do what? Love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of this world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. And if they persecuted me, they'll also persecute you. If they keep my word, if they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened in verse 25. That the word might be fulfilled, which was written in their law, they hated me without a cause. But when the Holy Spirit comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. I pick up in verse 17 because that's the context in light of all of this hate. Verse 17, these things, look at verse 17 again. These things I command you that you love one another. Now in the Greek, listen, this is a continuous action. It would read, I command you that you keep on loving each other. Jesus says, fellas, men, love each other and continue to love each other. Last week, were you with me? I told you that Jesus gives the disciples a new commandment based on a different comparison. Remember, I told you that they were to love their neighbor as their selves, as they love themselves, uh, Luke 10, 27. But, but, but this new commandment is a commandment that is based on loving each other the same way that Jesus loved them. We talked about it last week. How did Jesus love them? He loved them unconditionally. He loved them selflessly. He loved them sacrificially. Were y'all with me last week? He loved them unconditionally and selflessly and sacrificially, and he forgave them, and he loved them through it all. John 13, 1 tells us he loved them to the end. Jesus says to his disciples, keep on loving each other and stick together because the love you have for each other is all you got. From here on out, like verse 18, on out, 
The world is going to hate you, so Christians stick together. That's a sermon all by itself. Christians stick together. I don't know why we don't. I don't think that we really realize we're all we got. Are y'all listening? We don't realize we all we got. The world doesn't love you. They tolerate you. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but they'll tolerate you a little less as time goes on. But Christians, we need to stick together. Y'all come on, clap your hands and say, that's right, Pastor. That's right. We need to stick together, Christians, because the truth is we're all we got. I want you to look at verse 18. Notice Jesus says, if the world hates you. Now, again, in the Greek language Bible students, listen, they have three class conditions. Preachers, take notes. There's three class conditions for the word if. If and it is, if and it might be, if and it's not. When Satan tempted Jesus, he said, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. He was saying, if and you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. So verse 18 is if and it does. If the world hates you and it does, it hated me first. Jesus says, here it is. They hated me, they'll hate you. It's that simple. Get used to it. I don't think there's a secret. The world doesn't love Christians. If you get along with the world, they must not know you're a Christian. That's the truth. I'm going to say that again because I like it. If you get along with the world, they must not know you're a Christian. Because if they knew you were a Christian, they would want nothing to do with you. Because when you're a committed Christian, you are crossing the grain. Listen, Mr. and Mrs. Christian, when you're a committed Christian and you love the Lord, you really love the Lord. I'm not talking about you go to church on Sunday. I'm talking about loving the Lord. Who knows what I'm talking about? Then you are crossing the grain of the world system. It's a system that when you go against the world system, you'll be met with persecution. And the Bible, I love this word, the Bible is stuffed. I love that word, stuffed, with verses about persecution. Persecution is mentioned, you got a pen, is mentioned at least 25 times in the New Testament. Why don't you write these verses down? Keep up with me. Matthew chapter 10, verse 17. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. Matthew 24, 9. They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated of all nations for my name's sake. John 16, 2 through 3. Jesus says they will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that they're doing God a favor. Luke 6, 22. Blessed are you when men shall hate you and when they exclude you and when they revile you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. Acts 14, 22. We will enter many tribulations to get into the kingdom of God. First John 3.13. Marvel not, brethren, that if the world hates you. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. All who live godly in Christ, anybody know the rest? Shall suffer persecution. Now listen, if you know your church history, you know that all of the disciples except one died a martyr's death. I encourage you to pick up... Uh, um, Fox's Book of Martyrs. I'm not sure if the bookstore has any left from the previous services. Uh, the Fox's Book of Martyrs. That's not the easiest read, 
but it's certainly um, a book that you would want to have uh, in your library, especially if you're a minister, a preacher, um, or just a serious Bible student. Uh, the Fox's Book of Martyrs, great book. All the disciples, except one, died a martyr's death. Matthew was martyred in Ethiopia, run through with a sword. Mark died in Alexandria of Egypt after being dragged by horses till he was dead. Luke was hung in Greece after preaching the gospel to the lost. Philip was martyred in Turkey. Bartholomew was beheaded in India. Eusebius mentions that someone found Matthew's gospel in India, which may have been left there by Bartholomew. Thomas, you remember Darling Thomas? Thomas was martyred in India as well. Simon the Zealot and Judas, not Judas Iscariot, Judas also called Thaddeus, uh, died in Persia together. James, the son of Alphaeus, is reported to have disappeared from history. Uh, John, the writer of this gospel, uh, Nero tried to boil him and John didn't die. And then Nero sentenced him to the rocky, barren island of Patmos, where John received uh, the revelation. Later, John was freed and died an old man and the only disciple to die peacefully. Peter was crucified upside down on an X-shaped cross because he didn't feel worthy to die in the same way that Jesus died. James the Just, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, was thrown off the pinnacle of the temple because he refused to die. And they discovered that he wasn't dead, and so they went down and they beat him to death with a fuller's club. And by the way, this is the same pinnacle that Satan had taken Jesus during the temptation. Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4. Um, perhaps you've heard of the Neronian persecution. Again, the Fox's Book of Martyrs, the Neronian persecution. Uh, Nero, sick, megalomaniac. Nero killed six million of, as many as six million of our brothers and sisters. And I was explaining to the first service, and I'll explain to you second, that I think it's important that we point out that these were six million. Are y'all listening? That these were six million. Are y'all listening? These were six million of our brothers and sisters. Because I think it's easy for us to detach ourselves from that persecution because it didn't happen in our lifetime or it didn't happen with people that we knew. But they were six million of our brothers and sisters because they believed in Jesus Christ. They died a martyr's death because they confessed Christ and they believed in Christ and they lived for Christ. Nero killed six million of our brothers and sisters in some sick and twisted ways, wrapped them in animal skins and took their blood and smeared it to attract wild animals and then they would be eaten alive. Nero had Christians pulled apart on the rack, boiled in oil, filleted alive, roasted on the gridiron, dipped in wax and then lit on fire because uh, the Christians claimed to be the light of the world. And so Nero, again, Fox's Book of Martyrs, Nero uh, would dip the Christians in hot wax and strategically place them in his gardens. And, and, and he would ride nakedly through his gardens and, 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 and say, and riding on his chariot and saying, you said you were the light of the world and be the light of the world and set them on fire. And they're burning in his gardens. He tortured them publicly in some awful, awful ways. Listen, Nero's persecution wasn't the only persecution during the Roman Empire. Uh, did you know that the first 300 years of the church, there were 10 major persecutions? The emperors were Nero, Domitian, Trajan, 
Hadrian, Marcus Aurelius, Septimus Severus, Maximus the Thracian, Diceus, Valerian, and Diocletian. When Diocletian died, the persecution ended under Constantine's Edict of Toleration. During these persecutions, Christians were forced to flee from cathedrals and hide in catacombs to escape the torture. During the Dark Ages, or some call the Middle Ages, um, people argue about whether it's Dark Ages, Middle Ages, it doesn't matter. The reality is people died for their faith. Uh, many were killed protesting the heresies of the Catholic Church during the Holy Wars. Let's fast forward to 1927 and 1949. The communists took control of China and one million Christians were slaughtered. One million of our brothers and sisters were slaughtered. And yet the house churches grew. These house churches, do you know what house churches are? House churches are churches that are underground churches that are hiding in secret because they can't meet publicly, openly, like in a park, like we can come to church like this and have worship and lift up our hands and the music can be loud enough to hear it across the street. They couldn't do that then. So they had house churches. I've been to um, a house church. Um in Rajasthan, India, which is in northern India. Now, for some of you that have been here a really long time, you know. I've told you this story. So we're in Rajasthan, India. We're going through a checkpoint. At that time, I was learning Hindi. Uh, that was many years ago, and, uh, well, several years ago. And, um, and it's, it's illegal to be a Christian in Rajasthan, India. So we pull up. We've got a car full of Bibles. We pull up and their checkpoint is just like a tree branch that's crossing the road with a guy at the tree branch. And before he lifts the tree branch, he's going to check the car and come up and talk. And so my two Indian friends are sitting up front and I'm sitting at the driver's side back window at the window. So the guy comes up. Now, if they discover you're a Christian, they find a business card, they find a Bible, anything. It's a wrap. Okay. So when he stops us, instead of letting us go through, he stops us. And he looks at the two drivers, and they begin to talk to each other in um, Hindi. Because actually they speak Rajasthani or Hindi, which is a mother tongue, the national tongue. And I'm sitting in the back seat, and I'm thinking, please don't come and ask me anything. Please don't talk to me. Please don't say a word to me. The guy looks over at me. I look at him, and I give him a nice, pleasant smile. I'm like, I'm not an American, you know, and I actually had a hat pulled on. I had a little more mustache because I was trying to look more like Indian. So I had a little more mustache and I was doing like this a lot. You know what I mean? I was trying my best to like fit in. And so, and he looks at me and he, and he, and he, look, and he keeps looking and all of a sudden he knocks on the window. And I'm like, <laughs> so I roll down the window and I look at him and I'm like. <laughs> and then he asked me, now, keep in mind, this is nobody but Jesus. Don't tell me God doesn't know how to, how to fix it, whatever it is, okay? He asked me a question in Hindi, which was probably one of the five questions that I knew in that language. <laughs> he said to me, he said, he said, he said, and I said to him, I know what that means. It means, how was your journey? And I told him in Hindi, 
that my journey was really good. That's, I didn't know that much Hindi then. Now I know quite a bit, but I didn't know that much then. But he asked me the one question that I understood it, and I asked him, answered him in Hindi, and then he, he just went, uh, just go, just go. We went through there. We were like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We were clapping our hands. So we get way back in the bushes, and we get to church. Church is supposed to start at 11 a.m. Church did not actually start to like 1.30 or 2. Because when you have house church, people can't all come. Y'all pray for me because I got stuff to cover too, but I got to tell y'all this. People can't come to church like regular. You can't get off the bus and 39 people walk into the church. That can't happen. They have to straggle in one by one, carrying their Bibles tucked in their baby's clothes or in front of their baby, carrying their Bibles in a bag of rice. So they would walk in one by one, and they would sit down and take their Bible out of a bag of rice, shake off the Bible, sit there, and wait a two and a half hours till everybody straggled in one by one because you don't want to give it away that we're having secret church all the way back, back, back in the woods. We were having church at like this Catholic monastery, and this Catholic priest was a real Christian. And he really loved the Lord because the Christians in, in, in India, the Christians in other countries, they stick together because it ain't that many of them. And that's why I don't understand what is going on here in America. Christians there, they stick together. Protestant, Catholics, it doesn't matter. We're not looking at, oh, well, y'all believe in this, well, y'all believe in that. Listen, we all believe that Jesus died on that cross. We all believe that that blood is able to save us. Y'all clap better than that. And so we sat down. And we had church with probably like 70, 80 pastors. And I'll never forget this one pastor. He had his left arm cut off because he was a pastor. I can show you a picture. of Y'all been here long enough, you know what I'm talking about. I showed you the picture. I'm telling the truth. That pastor was raising his right arm, praising the Lord, left arm cut off because he was a pastor of a Christian church. They cut that man's arm off, and that man blessed me because they cut his arm off because he was a pastor and a worshiper of Jesus Christ, and yet he was still in church, arm with the one arm he had, worshiping Jesus. That blessed me, blessed me, blessed me. So what is secret church? That's what secret church is. That's what underground church is. So during the communist regime, they were, they, the Christians were meeting and, and, in secret churches. They were being persecuted, and, and, and the house churches grew. Y'all got me now? The house churches grew. Richard Womberg, you know that name? He's the founder of the Voice of Martyrs. He was persecuted under communism, and get this, kept underground for three years in complete and total darkness. Can you imagine that? You've been kept in darkness for three years, brainwashed with communistic and anti-Christian propaganda, beaten and tortured. He tells the story of being forced to eat salt and was given, wasn't given any water for hours as they were mocking the Lord's table. Horrible, cruel, awful, unspeakable things that were done to Christians during the communist control. Things that I can't even from the pulpit speak. Horrible, awful ugly, sick, evil things that were done to our brothers and sisters just because they named the name of Christ. Listen to this story. Years ago, 
true story. Years ago, when communism held the Soviet Union, a little group of Christians met on the ground. It was a secret meeting or secret church service. One day, the doors burst open and two soldiers with machine guns shouted, to all those who are willing to renounce Jesus Christ, you've got five minutes to leave, and everyone who remains will be shot immediately. Well, you can imagine, imagine every Christian began to search their heart and ask themselves, am I willing to die for Jesus right now, today? Well, a few got up and left, quietly ashamed, with their heads hung down. Most people stayed. When the last one left, a soldier shouted, is that it? He held up his gun and repeated, anyone else? Another man ran out. The soldiers locked the doors, turned toward the people, laid down their guns and said, brothers and sisters, we are Christians too, and we don't want to worship the Lord with anyone who's not willing to die for him. Now that the half-hearted have left, let's have church. Isn't that all? True story. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.